It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. Did the Braves make the right decision sending down Michael Soroka? And I recently caught up with what you could call the new Minister of Defense for the Falcons, and he had a word. And last but not least, and for the culture, do we even want to watch Hard Knocks anymore? That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day 1s. Let's get it. This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day 1 is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. T, when you think about the Michael, Michael Soroka being brought up and all the things that he had to deal with, you know, not being able to pitch in the major league since 1920, 1920, 2020, <laughs> you know, that's a very long time. I don't understand why I keep wanting to say 1920. But anyway, I think that it was a very long time since he had been on the mound and he got his second start this past uh, Sunday against the Arizona Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks and he actually struggled to. And that's one of the things that I, that I kind of paid attention to. Uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit later as far as A.J. smith Shaver, But I think that when you look at the decision for him to – for the Braves to move him down to AAA, do you feel like that was the right decision? It's hard for me to second-guess Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snicker. But when I listened back to some post-game comments immediately following the game, it sounded very encouraging. I mean, right. Brian Snickers said that basically, hey, he's got to just, you know, take the lumps, if you will, and he'll get stronger as time goes on. And it sounded to me like that was a non-committal, but still encouraging enough to say, hey, we just understand he might be our 5C. And when I say 5C, meaning Jared Schuster might be 5A, Dylan Dodd might be 5B, and Michael Soroka might be 5C. So I believe, and just kind of reading through the tea leaves on Twitter even yesterday with those of us who cover the Braves, I think it was a shock to everybody because right. it just feels like it's too soon. And I think to myself, for someone to be out for almost three years, the mental fortitude that it takes to withstand that and then come back and just get through time after time, you've got two outs and hey, I, I get it. Two out situations were not his friend on Sunday. But right, I also exactly. wonder if you send him back down this soon, is that good for his mental psyche? as far as just believing in himself to be able to get back to some semblance of what he was, like you said, in his 2020 rookie campaign, when he was the opener uh, for the Braves opening day starter for 2021. I don't know, Jarvis. I really kind of wish maybe after three starts, if it had gone downhill again, I think I might've been a little bit more okay with that. Yeah. Uh, two starts kind of troubles me. Yeah, he gave up seven hits, five runs, four walks, and two home runs. I know, and, and an 8.38 ERA. I get yeah, it. That's yeah. a lot. I know. Yeah. But still, I wonder. I, I think that I'm, I'm at this point with Michael Soroka, like, because what's the rush? Like, because if you, if you want to keep him up, and I think given the situation, here's the thing. 
given the situation where the Braves are right now, where they are literally struggling, I don't think that he needs to be used in that manner just because they need a need an arm. And I think he needs to be given all the patience and grace that he needs, you know, and, and I think right now that for him to be down in AAA to be able to kind of figure things out, I don't think he needs to be figuring things out on the major league level. I don't – I think that will hurt his psyche more trying to – do right or get it right on this level because it's a lot more pressure on this level. In AAA, you can kind of play around some things. You can work on some things. You can tweak some things. You can tweak a couple of things as you go between starts and stuff like that. So I think I think it's the good move right now. But for me, I start to think about like what are the you know the short term you know consequences or or benefits for it or what are the long term benefits for it and i think that one of the things that i feel like is probably going to be a benefit in the short term for the Braves is the fact that they're going to get a chance to maybe potentially see a, a start from aj smith sharver because um jamie and i talked about yesterday about how alex anthopolis is out here doing work again like they Rushed him up. This dude was just in high school two years ago. So, you know what I mean? So I think that's it's going to be really cool to see how he how they work him in to maybe potentially get to get a start probably this weekend. I think David O'Brien, the athletic, you know, he's super tapped in. So, if he mentions something, more than likely it's going to happen. So, yeah, I think that I'll be looking forward in the short term as to Michael Soroka figuring it out down in AAA and A.J. Smith-Sharver, like, hey, what does this dude look like? Because we said that he has a very similar qualities to Spencer Strider as far as that, you know, that that, that rise. And I think it would be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, that's probably the one thing that makes it okay. And, again, I would have been okay with the send down. I just wouldn't have – I'm still not okay after two games. I would have preferred it to be three because then – one game could be a decent game or an up game. One game could be super, super down. Let me get three. That that breaks – that three gives me a true average right. of, of what I, I feel like I need to see. But, again, I'm not double A. I'm not SNIT. But their eye is amazing. Yes. What they're able to see when no one else is quite seeing it. I mean, seeing it but not quite – to the degree that they are. So, yeah, I'm excited about A.J. smith Shaver being called up and the possibility, and as you mentioned, the likelihood that we're going to see him get a start, especially because now going back to a point that you did make when you have the Mets coming up in a three-game series and you've got your guns ready to rock and roll like Bryce Elder coming out of the gate strong tonight, hopefully against Carlos Carrasco, and you want to put three bigs, for lack of a better term, up against them, you got yes. the lowly Nats coming through. So you know what? That would be an opportunity if you're not going to give Soroka an opportunity, a third chance to show himself in that series. Then, yeah, give it to A.J. smith Shaver because, I mean, they're the Nets. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm, so, I'm so glad that you brought up that team up in New York because, like, I'm so annoyed by, by them. You know, I know they're in third place in, in a division in the Mar- Miami sure. Marlins. Look out for the Marlins. They are three yes. games behind the Braves right now. So that's a team we have to pay some, pay some attention to. But I think that – um, I was listening to uh, Hidden Hard with John Truckin. Make sure you guys check him out. He's some good stuff going on over there. He was talking about how it's time to crush the Mets. And I wholeheartedly agree. It is time to finish these dudes, push these dudes up under the grave, six feet deep, because we don't want to even smell them after, after, after the 4th of July. After the break, I don't even want to hear any conversations about the New York Mets. If the Phillies are going to run, that's cool. That's all well and good. If the Miami Marlins are trying to make a run and trying to be good, at least for one year like they normally do, and then go back to you know selling off all their great players, yeah, that's cool too. But I do not want to hear anything about the Mets after the 4th of July. So, yeah, I'm 
I'm looking forward to them to go ahead and crush these guys tonight. Yeah, and I don't know if we're going to not hear anything <laughs> that soon. I don't think that door closes that soon, but I do agree that this would be a great opportunity to just kind of twist the knife. To me, that's about, to me, it becomes mental as well. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, the Marlins may be just three games behind the Braves, but the Braves have their number. So I feel like you don't have to twist a knife in them because I think they're a little bit shook by you anyway. I think they're triggered, and that's why they're always trying to hit poor Ron Lacuna Jr. Let's just be real. But I think with the Mets, you might need to take that knife and twist it all the way in and continuously twist it now because, like you said, Jarvis, it's time now, right now, send a message. Let's not wait until the next series. Let's just go ahead and send these fools a message now. And I didn't mean to call them fools because I'm always really a nice person. But sometimes it's like, it's kind of frustrating because you're thinking to yourself, where in the world have the Mets done anything of recent that they should even be in the conversation with the Braves? Absolutely. I just have to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what? The NBA Finals are finally about to get here. Like, it got like seven days off. I don't know when the thing going to end. Probably end in July. But, you know, when they do get started back on Wednesday, you can start making some bets. And you guess what? You need to go to FanDuel Sportsbook because it is safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. You can even bet on point score, the over-unders, the money line, all those things you can do right there. And it's just for you. And guess what? You don't even have to wait around for your money. You get it. Instantly, as soon as that bad boy clears. And guess what? For all you new customers, listen up, guys. This is super special. They have the no sweat first bet. That's up to $2,500. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, all you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to take advantage of the no sweat first bet up to $2,500. And guess what? They are a official. They are the official, official, official sports betting book of the NBA. And if you are betting on the Falcons being in the conversation and in the mix past December, or even early January, you're in good company because Arthur Smith and Drake London are betting on the same. Arthur Smith said he was planning to play 20 to 21 games this season in reference to rushing guys back who missed a lot of time last season due to injury. So how significant is it to you that right here in June, Coach Smith is already talking to the media about going to the postseason. You know what, T, I find it interesting because, you know, Arthur Smith, he's the type of guy where he doesn't like to reveal anything, like, like nothing at all. And a lot of times we find out things that he says or behind closed doors through the players. You know, and a lot of times they kind of like blurt it out, you know, have diarrhea of the mouth and, and kind of say to some of the things that he says to them. And, and then you kind of get an understanding of where they're trying to go. But for those words to come out of his mouth and say, you know what? Hey, we're looking to play 20 to 21 games. And, you know, that's the game. The season is only 17. So, hey, they're trying to get to the playoff season, playoffs and also make some noise once they get there. So I think it's, it's very significant because I think that when you look at what they've done in, in this offseason, they, they waited around for two years to be able to actually spend some money. And then they sp- spent money on the, on the defensive side of the football to get some veterans in because they didn't, wanna, they, didn't like, they didn't like the idea of having a young guys being drafted to come in and go through their learning curve. Grady Jarrett even mentioned that the other day when he spoke to the media. He's talking about like, hey, he got somebody in David Alumato that he knows is going to come in and play right away. You know exactly what to expect from him. So I think that, you know, when you have that, you built up the defense, you got a defense coordinator that you like that kind of matches your your 
your style of play and what you want to go with. So now on the offensive side of the football, you established yourself last year, you know, one, the top five rushing team in the NFL, and you built upon that. You brought your guys back on the offensive line. You spent the money there. There's a lot of money invested up, up, up front. So you're going to expect those guys to be better this year. So I think that when you have all of those things coming into play, yeah, I'll probably be confident too, T. <laughs> yeah, and, and when I asked him about the change, just the difference, you're yeah. one, you're two, and now you're three for him because we always talk about it for the from the player perspective, right? Like right. especially if you're a rookie going into your second year or what have you, he responded and he basically went right. And I said, boy, one thing about him is he's straight no chaser. Even though he Absolutely. doesn't give you a lot, when he does give it to you, it's going to be direct. And he literally said, well, my expectation is that's going to be different is this is going to be a winning season at home. Yeah. So yeah. he said, you know, he talked about the ups, the evens, the downs over the last two years. And he said, home field should be home. I, well, I kind of coined this, but he basically said it should be, there should be an advantage there. So I was like, yeah, home field should be home field advantage. And so he wants to set that stage and set the tone. And I said, you know, especially coming back with uh, back-to-back home games to open the season, which is great. And then we kind of went into that conversation, like you said, about the 2021 20, games. And then Jarvis, it was repeated recently by a player to talk about the consistency of it. Drake London had this to say about it on Good Morning Football on Monday. At the point we're at right now, I think that if you're not thinking about playing 20 plus games, then what are you doing, you know? Our mentality and our goal is to just keep on playing through the postseason and make it to the big one. And I think you feel that in the locker room right now. Everybody's juiced, everybody's hyped to get to work, and I think we're all on the same path. Oh, wow. That that says a lot because, you know, I think Drake is the guy that, you know, he's ty- seems to me like the type of guy that, like, whatever the coach says, like, that's what we're going to do. And, and he's all in for it because – when he started talking about, you know, I asked him about, you know, coach coming up the plays and everything like that, you know, and we, where he comes up with the plays, <laughs> he started talking about positionless football, you know, and, and some of those things, start throwing those things out there because you could tell the dude is super excited about what the potential they can do on the offensive side of the football. That's why I said my expectations for them, like these dudes got to be putting up 26, 27 points a game because – like you said, like the money is being invested up in the offensive line, so you're pretty solid up there in what you uh, you're going to be bringing to the table on Sundays. And then with all of the pass catchers, like I'm not even naming positions, all of the pass catchers that you have, all of the running backs that you have, you can hand the ball off to. I think this this offense is up to something special, and I think Drake London is getting the same, is feeling the same way as well. And speaking of feeling the same and just having that consistency, I actually heard that thread throughout players, coaches, and, you know, one of the individuals I was excited to speak with on Friday was assistant head coach defense, Jerry Gray, because just so much that he's done, you know, we like to call him the DB whisperer on some level, but really he's impacted defenses across the league for almost three decades. So I thought it was interesting as well. So now you're talking about the head coach. And he puts it out there, 20 to 21 games. And then you hear a co-sign from Drake London saying, hey, that's the culture we're establishing here, that we have that expectation of ourselves. And then you hear it from Jerry Gray and saying that was one of the main reasons that he wanted to come here. And it's interesting because I was speaking, there were three of us that were talking to Coach Gray on Friday. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. Patrick, our guy here over at 92.9, Tori McElhaney, analyst and uh, writer, reporter for AtlantaFalcons.com, and me. And we, the three of us, had kind of conversed before we started talking to Jerry because we all were like, 
the three of us were excited. We didn't really care who else yeah. in the building. Yeah. When Jerry Gray uh -huh. walked through, we were, the three of us just got a shot over there. So, so uh, he he jumps in, and uh, and I think Michael Rothstein of ESPN.com may have stopped over as well. But my point being, we all had the same questions, which was why Falcons? That's where we started. Why this organization over any other? And he said it was because he felt like the very culture Smith talked about, the very culture London talked about, he feels that he can establish and solidify that for them. When you think about the success that he's had for so many other franchises within football, do you think that he's co-signing on that as well, saying, yeah, we think you are another one of those guys. You came here because we believe you can solidify a, a winning culture and he can actually do it? Yeah, uh, I I, think, I believe so, and, and 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 my main reason for saying that is because you have so many people, different people saying the same thing, right? Because Grady talked about this on Friday about you know, there's one thing for you to believe within the organization, right? Arthur Smith believes because he's been here for the past two years. Grady Jarrett believes because he's been here for the past two years and he's seen it. But when you have guys like a Ryan Nielsen deciding to come here to lead the Saints, where he, the organization that he's been with for quite some time, they gave him the opportunity to be able to coach in the NFL and establish himself as a uh, as a prime candidate. You also talk about Calais Campbell, a veteran, you know, who he's trying to come here just to make no money. Like he's trying to come to win. You got Jerry Gray, who has done so many things and covered so many things, playing in the NFL as as well. Like it's hard to sell them those cats. A, a hill of beans or some magic beans. Like football players, football coaches, they see through all the bull crap. And for them to be able to see through the bull crap and actually see what Arthur Smith has going on here and, and, and essentially say the same thing that Arthur Smith is saying and been telling us, like, like it's hard for you not to believe because – like you see all you see the vision, you see the plan. We talked about Terry Fontenot before the offseason even start, T, about what's the vision, what's the plan, what are you trying to do? And I think we're seeing we're seeing it. And it's pretty clear because you got people from outside of the organization coming here and saying, you know what? I want to be here too. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's very powerful because you make an excellent point about the fact that internally you can be excited because you've had the good fortune or not so good fortune of right. seeing the Arthur Smith regime yeah. either in year one or year two or both. And going into year three, you already know what it looks like. You already know what it feels like to overachieve, if you will. Now mm -hmm. we're at a point in place where you're saying, okay, no more overachievement. We have an expectation that we're going to be better. So a Drake London, I mean, year two, I'm going to be better. Even a Kyle Pitts. Now, we didn't hear from him necessarily, but we spoke to Dave Ragone and others on Friday talking about the expectations like, hey, give him a break. We feel like he's going to be that guy that we saw in year one. Year two was filled with injuries and, and challenges with folks under center. So, <clears throat> exactly. There it is. We try to be nice to folks. I don't mind they want, but we also call it what it is. It is and so, given what, that Kyle will have his, what, third year? Under yeah. Dave Ragone, given that he'll have a quarterback that he's able to vibe with better and and just really have more field rapport on and off the field, but also his body will actually agree with him and cooperate yes. with him. I think we're going to see so much better. But hey, everydayers, what are your thoughts on the fact that we are hearing right now on the NBA final side a lot about culture, culture, heat culture, heat culture? What about Falcons culture? What does that culture look like to you? Are you buying in as well? We know. Still on paper right now, we know. We haven't even gotten to mandatory mini camp. But at the end of the day, with what you have seen, offseason moves, 
expectations, attitude, etc. Let us know what you guys think. Check us out on YouTube. Drop some of the comments. You know, if you drop some good ones, we will actually share those comments on air as well. And of course, don't forget that wherever you download every other podcast, you might as well download ATL Day Ones and take us with you wherever you go in and around Atlanta Metro. But T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. T, when you think about NFL Hard Knocks, you know, those one of the, that's one of the shows that I used to absolutely love watching. I used to make sure it was appointment viewing for me. Even my wife, you know, you know her, and she's not a big-time sports fan. She even enjoyed it as well because it gave you a really good insight into what, you know, what the, the teams do during the training camps, and there are always good storylines to follow along with. But now it seems like nobody wants to do it, and it looks like the NFL is going to force four teams – you know, we're going to pick from one of those four teams, the Commanders, the Jets, the Saints, and the Chicago Bears. So out of those 40, does any one of them tickle your fancy at all? Well, being from New Orleans, I'd okay. be curious. Okay. I'd be curious to see what goes on behind, like, what goes on behind the scenes with the Saints, kind of how it compares to the Falcons, which we've seen some of the behind the scenes with the Falcons, maybe not me hard knock style because I wasn't covering them at that time, right. but just, you know, we see the ins and outs as reporters. And then I've seen a little bit of the inner workings of the Bucks having covered them. Don't know much about the Panthers. So yeah, I don't know. I probably would be most interested in the saints. And then I would say my, that's my one A and then my one B would be with the bears just because I'd be interested to see what Justin Fields and company is up to these days. Yeah, you know what? I'm with you on that one because that was the I first. Initially, I said the the, the New York Jets because mm-hmm. you know Aaron Rodgers coming there and then Robert Salah. I kind of I kind of rock, rock with him as a head coach because I, I love what he did for the Seattle Seahawks when he was there and with the uh, San Francisco 49ers as defense coordinator there. So I I'm really intrigued by that. But like you said, I'm more intrigued by the Chicago Bears because they're kind of in the same situation as. Atlanta Falcons, right? You know, as far as having a lot of money to spend, they had a lot of draft capital. They moved around a little bit at the top part of their draft, and then there was a lot of conversation about whether or not Justin Fields was going to be the guy, or are they, uh, are is the new regime going to bring in their guy? Because you know, Justin Fields was picked by the previous regime. So I think that when you think about it from that standpoint, and of course he's from here, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, the Jets. I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers, you know, for the most part. So I think. I'm going to be the guy that say, you know what? I would not mind at all seeing what the Chicago Bears do. Uh, and I think, and I can't remember when they were on there. And at least I know it hasn't been in the last five, six years or so. So right. I think it would be good to kind of see the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields get a little shine on. And I think you make a great point because right now I believe they're in a rotational situation where they've gotten it down to four because from a requirements <laughs> perspective, everyone else has told them, oh, Hell no, we're not doing it. And so now it becomes the NFL saying, okay, who has to do it by virtue of, like you said, the rotation, if you will. It And it, it, there are some other factors there as well. And I thought that was kind of intriguing, like, oh, wow, there are actually criteria that you put in place such that if you get to a point where all 32 teams have the audacity to tell you what they're not going to do, then you can say, no, 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 at least four of you have to. Now, word on the street is that the Jets have pushed back the hardest and maybe they have the ability to kind of say, I'll go with a soft no. So 
we might actually get what we are hoping for in that it might come down to the Bears. I hear that the Saints are pushing second hardest and saying, yep, you got nothing here. Your requirements don't matter. You can't force us to do it like you can't make me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so it seems like we're probably going to get that. But low key, here's the funny thing. Nobody's talking about the commanders, but wouldn't you? Riverboat Ron might be intriguing all unto himself and to see, since that organization was such a clusterfuffle the last couple of years, to just Gosh. kind of see what are they doing to kind of bring it all back together and be respectable again? I don't know. That might be something, too. And, you know, our guys down there, too, or up there, um, so to yeah. speak, uh, Eric B. Enemy. So yes. we'll yes. see what he's going to do with that dude right. that they have sam howell they have it yes and montez Sweat is there local guy so that <laughs> yes. might be intriguing to at aliens you know yeah so yeah. I, I think it's i think it's really gonna be interesting as to how they handle this because like you said there are teams that are obviously pushing back and there are teams that the teams that are obviously pushing back has the most storylines and you know in the nfl is like hey we want people to watch this doggone thing and we know people don't really care about the commanders because you know you know the sale hasn't isn't an official 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 just yet so hey you know there's still some daniel snyder uh residue on that organization as we speak so but Which yeah we, <laughs> and we hope you guys be checking out the uh checking out who's going to be picked to be on um, Hard Knocks because we definitely will. And we also want to just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for making ATL Day 1's your first listen of the day because we really appreciate you. All you guys, every day has been dropping the comments. We see them. Appreciate you, appreciate you as well. My guys, Archangel, Slim Pickens, Robert Blackman, all those guys, they've been commenting and let us know they rock with us each and every day we appreciate and you guys Antonio, who stopped me at the fedex on saturday in jonesboro <laughs> yes. what's happening antonio thank you so much for rocking with us shout out to you antonio my god we appreciate you man and you can be just like antonio so you can be an everydayer as well we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and last but not least before we get out of here people make sure make sure make sure that you don't you don't do anything else in life make sure that you share love show love and most importantly spread love hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today